All right, folks, our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee are up in the ante. Forget DNVR 20. They're up in it all the way to DNVR 25. That means you get 25% off your first purchase over there. And once you love it, because you will, you're going to want more. And then you can sign up to have it delivered to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. And you'll get 20% off every single time those come. So try out the Strava Craft Coffee. Get your 25% off and then sign up for a subscription. Get 20% off every single time. Get it sent straight to your door. It's Strava Craft Coffee, code DNVR25. To the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer. 75 different online and hybrid programs, 450 total classes. There's something for everyone at MSU Denver Online. And if you are trying to work while getting your education, there's no better place as MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So again, check them out at msudenver.edu slash online today. My boys, what shaking, guys? And yesterday, the city of Denver, the state of Colorado, got a new MVP. What a deserving honor for Nikola Jokic. And, you know, we could sit here and talk about him all day. Um, but, you know, as I was uh, seeing some of the stuff that he had to say, he was asked um, where, you know, this... MVP season ends up ranking him in the lore of the great Colorado athletes. And I don't think you can blame uh, a 25-year-old for not necessarily having the full context. He's like, oh, McKinnon's pretty good, right? Yeah, he's, he's dope. Um, but it got me thinking, like, hmm, like, you know, how does that season mark rank up against some of the other NBA or some of the other MVP seasons that we've seen from the Broncos and um, Especially because Ryan, you can't stack it up against other Nuggets MVPs because he's the only one. He's, the a, he's the top of that list. <clears throat> was a Spencer Haywood got it back in 1970 in the ABA, and that For was it. The Rockets, right? Yeah, the, yep. when they were still the Denver Not Rockets. The Nuggets. My friend so. Ted posted all uh, of the Denver MVPs in chronological order. So 1970 in the ABA, it was Spencer Haywood. 87 Elway, 97 Larry Walker. 98, Terrell Davis, 2001, Joe Sackick, 2003, Peter Forsberg, 2013, Peyton Manning, and of course, 2021, Nikola Jokic. So, so you know what? If the Broncos trade for Aaron Rodgers, they'll have two reigning MVPs in the same market. Mm, How about that? That would be beautiful. And yeah. McKinnon is due for one at any moment. Yes, yeah. he absolutely is. Who on the Rockies is due for one? Um, the guy Dinger. they traded. <laughs> <laughs> dinger yes exactly but that that gives you one for all four major sports um the the nuggets were the last one that they needed to get off the board and and it makes the broncos the leader 
Yes, mm-hmm. of course. So let's just go of chronologically course. here, mm-hmm. and um, we just kind of contextualize how dominant these seasons were. Because, well, I, I want to see what you say. Let's start with uh, with nineteen eighty seven Mason John Elway, um, and I know you have a take. So let's hear it. Yeah, John Elway shouldn't have been the MVP in nineteen eighty seven. <gasps> how dare you? That's, I know that's blasphemy <laughs> to say around here, but couple of first of all i don't even think he should have been second so really quick what you're saying is john elway should have zero mvps because he only has one that's his only one and you want to take it away (laughs) from him i i would say there was a very good case for him to be mvp in 1993 but he wasn't the the first season under when under the late jim fossil who passed away a couple of days ago offensive coordinator that unlocked elway but here's the problem like with elway and yes, he was hindered by the offense, but you're talking about a quarterback who that year was 11th in passer rating, 83.4, which even then, that's a, it's above average, but not great. But the MVP that year should not have been a quarterback. There were two candidates. It was a strike year, replacement players, so the, the, the regular players only played 12 games. In 12 games that year, Reggie White... Had twenty two sacks. <laughs> so and that's it. That's like that's uh, an all time. He had the all time season on a per game basis. Yeah. When it comes to rushing, I was going to say that's over thirty sacks in like a 16, 17 game season. Just a, a holy terror out there. And then in that same twelve game sample size for players on the regular roster, not the replacement players, Jerry Rice had twenty two touchdowns. Also pretty yeah. darn good. Well, and he was never the MVP. <laughs> what so, would you rather have, pass rusher with 22 sacks or a wide receiver with 22 touchdowns? Sacks. Yep. The, the Niners went 13-2 and two and the, the Eagles went 7-8. and eight, So, Ooh. yeah. I don't think it was because of those two guys, no, though. No, no. I think no. there were some other circumstances. Yeah. And, and Joe, okay, well, yeah, and Joe you, Montana was throwing the passes to Jerry Rice, too. Don't so would you rather that. have the best pass rusher in NFL history, potentially, or the best wide receiver in NFL history? Let I mean, me ask it that way. You do pass pa- rusher in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. yeah, it's the second most valuable position on the field. Exactly. Yeah, so that's my hot take. John right. Elway. I- yeah, John Elway was the MVP, and it was good for his career that he got one. Certainly, he should have been MVP at some point, but it should have been 1993 not 1987. Mace, as you said, that's a hot take in this market because you're, you know, saying to rip John Elway's MVP away from him. But if you look at it, it's really not that hot. When you when you put it like that, the, those two other seasons that those yeah, guys yeah. had, yeah. if they were quarterbacks and had equivalent seasons to that, they would have blown John Elway out of the water. It's, it's what a quarterback gets. And in that season, like you said, only 12 games, 3,200 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 54% completion. Now, that just shows you how different of an era it is because if, let's say, Drew Locke wins the job and puts up those numbers this year, he he may be on the hot seat, not in the lead for the NFL MVP. Not even maybe. <laughs> he would be. Done. Um, I mean, isn't that just wild? Yeah, really 55% on completions. That's that was average back then. Right. That was that was fine, and he could make up for it because he went vertical. So, no one was concerned about that in those days. And the 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 fascinating thing on Elway, and I've thought a lot about him in the last twenty four hours because of Jim Fossil's death, is that 
everybody knew he was a great quarterback, even outside of Denver. I mean, being in Tampa, you John Elway, you knew was one of those guys. And yet, you looked at the production, because I was, I was a nerd playing fantasy football then, I'm like, until 93. They had fantasy football then? They did. <laughs> they did. It was, I mean, it was embryonic, but it was, the, but it was there for those of us who were football nerds back then. But Elway, from a, from a, a production perspective, didn't match up to the rest of the elite quarterbacks until until 1993. And then he, then he, I mean, for me, it's almost like the John Elway that I remember, even though he had the comebacks before, the John Elway that I remember being legit one of the league's most productive quarterbacks, that started in 93. His last six years were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, you know, again, <clears throat> bringing it back to Jokic and contextualizing it against it, mm-hmm. you, would, you would say that, Jokic's season was better than Elway's. Yes, yes, you certainly would. Yeah, you certainly would. And both good teams. They both led their teams. The Broncos in '87 were eight, three, and one in those twelve games that he started. And of course, Jokic third seed in the NBA in the West. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, let's move on to 1998 now. Wait, really quick. Both shortened seasons. Kind of interesting. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. The the shortened season. Shortened season city here. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> but not in 98. Not in 98. And this one was just one of the most dominant seasons you've ever seen from a running back. It absolutely was. You had Terrell Davis come out, rush for 2,008 yards, top that magical number of 2,000. 21 touchdowns. Both of those guys, by the way, led the NFL that year. He averaged 125 yards per game. You do that once in a season, it's like, wow, that's a heck of a game. You do that every single 16 games back to back to back. Incredible. That also led the league. And 5.1 yards per carry throughout an entire season. That led the league. Yeah, I mean, this is honestly as good as it gets. Like, from a running back in the NFL uh, and in that era as well where, you know, people didn't decide that running the ball was dumb yet. Um, So (laughs) you were, like, giving the rock to your running back over and over and over again, and that was viewed as the path to success. And it's why, honestly, you don't see big numbers from quarterbacks back then and why – completing 55% of your passes was acceptable because the goal was really, okay, can you run the ball four yards a pop um, or even, you know, three and a half uh, and convert third downs. And in this season in which the Broncos just ran through quite literally the NFL, this was just pure magic from TD. Yeah. That TD season 98 was right at the heart of an era from 91 through 06, 16 years where you saw seven running backs win the MVP. Mm. Yep. It, it started with started with Thurman Thomas, ended, I believe, with LaDainian Tomlinson uh, when he broke the touchdown record back in 06. And, uh, and let's not remember that Charger game in San Diego when Tomlinson broke the record and everyone went wild. Um, since then, only one running back has won MVP. And it took a 2,000-yard season to do that. That was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Mm -hmm. So you used to see guys not reach 2,000 and get the MVP. In the last last 14 years, 2,000 was basically the starting point and not even a guarantee of being the MVP if you're a running back. Every other... So 
13 of the last 14 MVPs are quarterbacks. So you wonder what it's going to take, what type of season it will take, especially going to 17 games, for an, a, another running back to win MVP. Terrell Davis, clearly the best choice for MVP in 1998, though no, no question. But it starts gets you thinking, okay, what if Javante Williams exploded? What would it take for him to be the MVP? Over over two thousand yards. I mean, we'd what? have to be talking yeah. about we'd have to be talking about what we talked about with Terrell Davis. He led the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He led the NFL in yards per game. He led the NFL in yeah. in topping two thousand yards, and he led the NFL in yards per carry. We'd have to be talking about all of those things for for a running back to be considered. Look, not even a two thousand yard season gets it for you. Derrick Henry did that last year yeah. and didn't get the MVP. It wasn't even really like no a, a conversation. No, it no, wasn't. It's it, just. It was always Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And bef- and, and Russ before Aaron Rodgers, Russ, there was even some buzz. Oh, Derek Carr's playing really well. He's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. That lasted about two weeks. Yeah. But here's the conversation. Should Derek Carr yeah. be MVP? Nope. All right. <laughs> yeah. End of conversation. But we never talked about Derek Henry, even though he was running over people, doing his usual Derek Henry thing in November and December, where he just he, he just punches one gas defense after another. Yep. Um, and really quick, that one MVP that wasn't a quarterback in the past 14 years should have been a quarterback. Should have been Peyton. Should have been Peyton in, that year. I had, a bet, I had a bet with a buddy on that. I was, I'm like, because like, it's what we go back to about the whole like, oh, was it a risk right. that the Broncos signed Peyton Manning? And like, when right when the Broncos signed Peyton Manning, I was like, this isn't like, this isn't a risk. He's going to win MVP this year, I bet. And. My buddy was like, no way, I'll bet you 100 bucks." Oh, no, so close. Yeah. Uh, the NFL stole 100 bucks from you. That season, I was studying abroad in Prague, and my roommate, and we lived in the exact same room, beds next to each other, he was a huge Vikings fan. Oh, and wow. And so that just crushed me when he was given the MVP. Damn. Um, but the TD yeah. discussion also brings up another discussion, which is, what's more impressive? Sixth-round pick? Winning MVP in the NFL or second round pick winning M- MVP in the NBA? I think it's the second round pick in the NBA. I think so. Really. As well. One's I mean, only been done once. Right. right. One's been however yesterday. many times Brady's done it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Brady, we've seen undrafted guys like Kurt Warner got it twice in a three year span. Wow. Um, you mentioned Brady now. All the other recent guys, like going through time, like. Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. I'm going through the list of non. First round picks. Yeah, I'm go- going through the list of non Tom Brady MVPs over the last about 17 years or so. And They're Peyton all Manning. round Take one picks, oh, except yeah. yeah, yeah. What? Nothing, nothing. What did you say? I just said Peyton has five in there as well. Right, exactly. You, bef- other than Tom Brady, you have to go back to Rich Gannon in 02. Boy, Rich Gannon MVP. How about that? 02 wow. was a weird year. A really weird year in football. The Raiders got the AFC number one seed with an eleven and five record. Wow. The Bucks won it. The Bucks won the Super Bowl mostly on defense. And Rich Gannon won the MVP. And he did the thing is he deserved it. He had a great game when the Raiders came here on Monday Night Football and just basically gave the Broncos death by paper cuts. Yep. That was also the infamous game where Romo slammed. Sharp's elbow into the turf and hurt him, knocked him out for a month. Yep. But yeah, it's but the fact that we can sit here in the last 20, 25 years and we can point Tom Brady, we can point Rich Gannon, we can point Kurt, Kurt Warner, we can point to Trell Davis, and yet it's never happened in the NBA with a second round pick. I mean, easily the most the more unlikely thing is 
the second rounder in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. and it also shows you like Nikola Jokic might be the Tom Brady of the NBA. Ooh, wouldn't that be something? Is he going to have six rings? Or, or? Six is a lot. I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> or seven. Or how, how many does Brady have now? I've lost track. God, who knows? Is it he's seven? He's got seven. seven. Yeah, he had six in New England. Yep. Well, he's only got one that matters. <laughs> well, maybe he'll have two in a year from now, Mace. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for uh, Archie Manning. Is he going to be the one that knocks him off? What? Arch Manning? Arch. Oh, Arch, Arch yeah. Manning. Well, yeah. I, I don't think that... <laughs> if Tom Brady's still playing when Arch Manning gets in the league, like they need to do like a full-scale body investigation to make sure <laughs> he's actually a real human. It's uh, What would it be called? Machine Gate or something? Yeah, like Robot Gate. TB12 Gate. He'd be at least 49. <laughs> that would when be that insane. Happened. You see this stuff in like like NFL films, things about like the 1950s. Like, oh, and he was 48. Like, I'm yeah. getting out there on the field. Like, the, that's not supposed to happen in 2020. Yeah, George Blanda was still kicking. Yeah, George Blanda was still kicking right at like 48, 49 years old, but he was kicking. He wasn't a quarterback anymore. Yeah. There's like some hockey players who did it to like absurdly old ages. Gordy Howe. Gordy Howe, I think, went into his 50s. <laughs> and he played with his sons in Hartford. That is yeah. wild. Yeah, 52. retired at 52. He's he a Hartford Whaler and he's playing and he's playing well, he's playing alongside Mark Howe. Wow. I have to go see like awesome. if there if I have to go see if there was like a like a, a respect where people just weren't hitting him. Right. Because like I the just don't know man. how your body can hold up. <laughs> That's a you know it would be good to revisit that because Gordy in his prime, he was a physical guy. He was he could score obviously, but he was a physical guy who could beat you up. Like he, like he he got some shots in on people when he was when he was young and spry. So did they give him that respect even though as a younger player he was making life miserable for a lot of people on the ice. Yeah, and mm. also, like, I, I remember Lemieux in his late seasons, mm -hmm. there was kind of like a, like, no one was trying to tee off on him. Same thing with Yager. Yeah. I think there is, like, a little bit of, like, a you get a greatness pass. What do you think? Do you think pass rushers would give Tom that pass? No. <laughs> what do you think the odds well, would? Well, I will say, like, Vaughn will tell you he's not trying to hurt the quarterback when he hits them. Sure, but that's probably the same to uh, you know, 23-year-old Joe Burrow as it is for 44-year-old Tom Brady, for right? Sure. Like kind of the same mindset for Vaughn. Like that Doomerville hit on Brady. Do you think like <laughs> oh, you think we're seeing anything like that anytime <laughs> soon? If you have the chance. Yeah. You've got the open shot. Yeah, I know I, Broncos country would want it. Guys, what would you put the odds at Tom Brady playing to 50? What odds do you think DraftKings Sportsbook would offer right now? <laughs> it's got to be like plus 50,000. <laughs> do you take it? 50 would make sense. 50,000 for 50? No, I would not take it. <laughs> I'd probably throw a little bit on it. If he, if he plays to 50, so I'll, I'll say this. If he plays to 50, someone like Aaron Rodgers is going to try to push to 45. Oh, certainly. Like someone, it, or, I don't what, think what Aaron Rodgers will retire before Tom Brady. Put it that way. If Tom okay. keeps going... I think Rogers keeps going. What's crazy is like Tom is clearly still. Uh, what? Do, where would you put him? I mean, he's certainly in the top fifteen in just in just terms of like talent. Oh yeah. So like as long as you five. stay there, there's no reason to retire. Right. It's like a conversation I was having the other day about football. I'm like, the whole game is reliant on one position, and there's only maybe fifteen people in the world who can do it at the level you need to succeed. 
Yep. It's a crazy thing. Like we're talking about the the most popular sport in America. Every kid, not every kid. How many kids grow up wishing they could be an NFL quarterback? All yeah. of them. Right. <laughs> the combination of natural ability, work ethic, and just good breaks that you need to be able to get up there is crazy. But like, again, we're like strip mining the entire country looking yep. for quarterbacks and yep. we still can't find more than 15 at a time really and, a, and 15 is on the high end and there's a lot of incentive to be a quarterback too it's not like people don't want it although we're we're finding like guy it, obviously standards have changed but maybe it's maybe because of things like uh the camps that we see you know there's a manning passing academy of course but we see these high school camps we saw the one where arch had that arch manning had that great throw this past weekend i didn't see it Oh, he dropped an absolute. You're going to be seeing more and more of those in the next, like, five years. It was a thing of beauty. We haven't heard anything. Like, I haven't heard anything about Arch. Like, you know, even, like, Tiger Woods' son, we've heard, like, oh, he loves the game, and he's, like, studying. Like, I hope Arch Manning isn't just doing this because (laughs) he knows he's supposed to. It's his calling. It's his calling. I bet bet on DraftKings you can get pretty good odds of him being the first overall pick. Speaking and of DraftKings, yes, uh, we of course have plenty more to get to in this MVP conversation, and maybe the best season of all is yet to come. But first, we got to get our DraftKings picks of the weekend. So, Zach, why don't you get us started? I'm going to go with two different ones. Got to get both Nuggets and Avs. Nuggets and Phoenix right now. The over under for games played is set at five and a half. I'm taking the over. Now, it's not the best odds. Minus 130, but not bad. I think the Nuggets are going to win at least two games. And obviously, I I think Phoenix wins at least one more. So that means it's going to be at least a six-game series. I think that absolutely happens. I think this this series is at least four to two, if not goes to seven. So I like that. And then, guys, one week ago, when the Avs were up 2-0 in the series against Vegas, do you know what their odds were to win the entire thing? It was, it was, I think they were as low as plus 125 at one yep, point. That's exactly what I saw. Obviously, a lot has changed. But that's how the country viewed the Avs oh, yep. one week ago. So I'm going to throw a little bit on this one. You don't put the whole bank account on this one. But Avs at plus 450. Essentially, I think whoever wins this series it's a is... a bet on the Avs to come back. Exactly. And I think whoever wins this series is going to win the whole thing. So it's a bet on the Avs to win two straight games right here. And then you get great odds at plus 450. Man... The Avs are so tough to read right now because last night they really should have won that game. They really, really They were the better team for the majority of the game. That was one of the ones where you just sit there with your head in your hands for a while after it because, like, they were the better team for 55 of the 60 minutes in the game, and they made three mistakes, three really bad mistakes that cost them the game. They played the game that they needed to play. Yeah. I mean... That's why like I can't put this in any way on Jared Bednar because no. they they adjusted. They they played dumping chase. They were more physical. Oh, and they were chasing and they were hitting. They and did they what were, they needed to do. They were dumping. No, but that's yeah, well then they um, they dumped in the <laughs> they end. Dumped. Kind of. <laughs> Brian Graves took a big old oh. dump. <laughs> but they, for for like you said, fifty five minutes, they did what they needed to do. They fo- they they followed the script to a T. Yeah. And just and actually, the fun, I, I was in the middle of something, so I turned on overtime late, and it was already over. Yeah, because it was like fifty second. Like yeah. I turned on, it's like they already scored. It was fifty seconds. Like, what had the a, hell happened? And the Avs had an incredible chance, fifteen seconds before yeah. that. Yep. perfect, juicy rebound right to Confer's stick. 
the whole right side of the net is wide open and he put it right in his chest. It's a tough play with the way that that rebound came out, but Graves with the back, I mean, if you watch the abs, he does this on a nightly basis, which makes it so much more frustrating. I'm just like, I would have thought in overtime, you're just, your head's on a little tight. You're, you know, you're, you've got your stuff together a little more, but to do that twice in a row, Mm -hmm. what's crazy is he gets the lucky bounce right back to him. And that that opened up the ice because every everyone had condensed when he shot the first one. And you've got Kale McCarr who pinches down, which is another reason why they get a breakaway. He's wide open on the left wing, and then Nathan McKinnon is coming off on a change, like full bore. All he has to do is just slide it across the blue line, and McKinnon's going to get the puck with a head yeah. of steam going towards the net, and it's just like <laughs> I can scream. Anyways, my DraftKings pick of the week. <laughs> Is Nikola Jokic to go over 29 and a half points tonight? Look, he gets the MVP award last night. The whole country's talking about him. Yep. The whole country is also talking about how DeAndre Ayton played him one for one in the first game. Yep. And he, unfortunately, I don't want to scapegoat him, but he's a big reason why they lost game one because he just lost the touch in the second half. It's not his fault. He wasn't doing anything wrong necessarily. He took a couple bad shots, but... Just wasn't going down for him anymore in the second half. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors playing into this game where Jokic is saying, this is my game. Um, and at 29 and a half, that's actually pretty darn low for him. Uh-huh. Um, I think that he flirts with 40 tonight, if not gets it. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And for all of those things you mentioned, I, I really like the over. Do you guys believe in the notion of betting against your team in order to kind of you know, get some karma on your side? No, um, yes. I don't believe in juju. I don't believe in karma. And I just love uh, poke, poking okay. the belly of people that do. I'm the guy who <laughs> bet my entire account on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because I thought it would help them lose. Yeah. So you, uh, would you bet worked. With, the it, goal, with the Vegas Golden Knights? Right now, Vegas is the favorite to win the Stanley Cup, by the way. Yeah. 37 to 20 odds right now. Yep. Tampa Bay is 2 to 1. And then you go down to the Avs at 9 to 2. So do you do that if you want if you want to kind of change the juju a little bit? I'm just saying. Well, that's I mean, not my pick I, of the week. I'm just asking you guys. Well, I think it's going to be either the Avs or Vegas. I don't know. Tampa thing. Bay. Tampa Bay really has good. Tampa Bay has the the size and physicality on the blue line to stand up to Vegas. But that they have be, it all. And but they that have being the top line yeah. talent to play with the Avs if the Avs get there. Right. But that being said, whether it's the Islanders or the Boston, I'm not. You know, I'm. As a Lightning fan, I'm focused on that step. I'm not even thinking about the Stanley Cup Finals. All right, so what do you got for us? Pick of the week. Here's what I'm going back to the well that worked so well for me last year, and looking at that was looking at the Braves and their opposing pictures in terms of the mm-hmm. over under on strikeouts because the Braves are a free swinging team and they're going to strike out quite a bit. They're going <laughs> against the Phillies tonight. Zach Eflin on the hill for the Phillies. Zach Efron? Oh, Eflin. Nice Eflin. Oh, oh, oh. Say, yeah, that's say must see like TV. And the and and right now you're looking at an over, at an over under on strikeouts for him at um at five and a half. I'm going to take the over. Love it, love it. I mean that that's back to your bread and butter. You got you know I've tried other things. I got to go back to what works. <laughs> and also that is the the fact that I always bet on the Braves opposing picture and take the over on strikeouts. That's another thing, kind of on the karma thing, is of betting against my team. Fair enough. I don't bet on my team, but I begin, I'll bet against my team. And you can do that over at DraftKings <laughs> yes. Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And guys, to celebrate playoffs, they're putting you courtside for a chance to win $100 in site credits. All you have to do is bet $1 
on a team, a basketball team to win. And if they win, you win $100 in site credits. 100 to 1 odds. You, you can't say no to that. I mean, worst case, you lose $1. Best case, you get to play with $100 in your account. That mm-hmm. sounds like a winner to me. So make sure to check them out over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They're the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. And use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to you to get that $1 to 100 odds and free credits. And bet on any basketball team of your choice to win the next game. And if they do, you get that $100 in site credits. So download that app now and use the promo code DNVR for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, I want to remind you to check out Breckenridge Brewery this weekend or just today, depending on how you're feeling. I mean, we've got a playoff game tonight. There yep. should be nothing stopping you. Um, the Lemonade Seltzers also discovered this weekend. It's not just the Lemonade Seltzers that are amazing on ice. All of them. Yep. Any of the good companies, throw them on ice. You will thank me later. We, ha- we got our buddy, the Hamburglar, who tweeted at me this weekend. He's like, I'm, get- I- I'm having my first Lemonade Seltzy. And I said, make sure you put it on ice. Well, he had already had one before he had put it on ice. And then he put it on ice. He was like, oh, my God, you're a genius. <laughs> uh, this is taking the nation by storm almost in the way that the RK special did. Wow. Um, it might need its own name. Wow. Just seltzer on ice might just be uh, the new RK special. That's what it's called, seltzer on ice? You're very creative there. I mean, it's like Disney on ice. <laughs> <laughs> just for adults. Yeah. So what are the... You have these giant... Ki- costumed cans of seltzer skating around here <laughs> i mean so doing, yeah disney on ice and then you drink ice. them you know there's some Crack things you can get in colorado that would make that probably pretty enjoyable <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways uh check out breckenridge brewery this weekend whether you're drinking some seltzers some lemonade seltzers strawberry sky season is very much upon us um so check out breck brew and also want to let you know to become a DNVR member. Um, there's so much going on right now, and Broncos coverage is just starting to ramp up. So whether you're a fan of all the teams, just Broncos, whatever it is, there's never a bad time to become a member. You'll get your, your member beers down here. Uh, you'll get a free T-shirt. There's so much you can get with a DNVR membership. So we'd love if you did that. We'd also love if you hit us with a like on this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Sign up for the alerts. There's all sorts of good stuff. You can support us in many different ways. And one of those ways is supporting our partners like Breckenridge Brewery or DraftKings and so on and so forth. All right. Let's get back to this MVP discussion because we've got a fun one. It's the most recent one Mm. before uh, Yoke got it last night. And it, of course, is the dominant 2013 Peyton Manning season. Zach. What's the word that comes to your mind when you think of that season? Just record-breaking and not touchable in a 16-game season. No one's ever going to touch it in 16 games. Yeah. Yardage record, touchdown record. Historic is is the word that you think about. I mean, Peyton only played four years here, and yet his signature season, his all-time season, was one of those four that he had here. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely unstoppable starting the season by throwing seven touchdown passes against Baltimore and then just building from there. What could he do to top what he did that opening night? Well, he just went on and just kept accumulating and accumulating and accumulating the last game in the Super Bowl, That, that didn't happen. Never, ha- never happened. Not going to think about that. <laughs> Don't but even know what you're talking about. With all respect to Nikola Jokic, who had a great season 
with Peyton Manning, this is legitimately in the conversation of the greatest seasons of all time, not just in football, but any professional sport. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like the TD season was incredibly dominant. Uh, Like I said, as good as it gets from a running back, but the running back can only do so much. Mm -hmm. And this Peyton Manning season is the best MVP season in at least this discussion that we're having right now, but I believe in Denver history as well. Um, We've never seen anything like it. I've never watched like... You know, you talk about the Sackick or the Forsberg season, and it's like the comparison would have been if you expected them to score a goal every time they set foot on the ice for a shift. (laughs) Because every single time Peyton Manning got the ball, you expected there to be a touchdown, and when they punted, it was like something has gone terribly wrong. Right. Like, they were so – it was so easy. And it's funny because we look at, you know – Mahomes and what they're doing now and and it almost seems unfair because he's got Tyree Kill and he's got Travis Kelsey he's got Sammy Watkins um and and, you know they've just got so many different weapons I mean the Broncos had it maybe even better yeah and of course Peyton Manning at the helm made it even even greater because he could get them into the right play at any any time in the game um this is it's a season that no one who saw it will ever forget. It's a real, real shame that it didn't get the storybook ending it deserved, um, especially because it was a stupid cold weather Super Bowl. It's forty nine degrees. It wasn't that cold. It wasn't that windy. It was. They cold. got so they got so lucky with the weather. If they played it the next day, it would have been in a blizzard. It's true. Maybe yeah. they should have played it in a blizzard. Then odds may have been better. Probably but, wouldn't have been worse. I, might, still think, might have I moved, still think they would have been better off in a dome. I think that if they had played in a blizzard, they would have done that. They would have done a lot better because I it would have neutralized the Seahawks' defensive speed. Mm, Hard to do worse, yeah. I mean, yeah, any, you know, it's a classic ten percent game, where it's like Broncos had a ten percent of the, the lowest ten percent game, and the Seahawks had the highest ten yep. percent game, yep. and. That's what happens. Anyway, forget that <laughs> yeah, garbage. Let's not forget. Let's um, not remember that. The MVP is a regular season award, <laughs> and that season was, like you said, unbreakable. And you know what makes it even more special is the further away we get from it, just the more incredible it becomes. Not because we romanticize it, but because this is the golden era of quarterback play. This is the golden era of stats. And Peyton was really the one to kind of break that. Now, Mm -hmm. not just in that season, but before. And uh, we've seen quarterbacks, Tom Brady, who was still putting up crazy numbers uh, back in 2015 in those years. And then Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You get all these other super talented guys. They haven't broke it. They've had incredible seasons. Maybe Patrick Mahomes has had his best season that he's ever going to have. And he would still obviously be a Hall of Famer uh, without doing anything more than he's done. Didn't beat it. Didn't beat it. And it's not a shoe-in that the 55 touchdowns is going to be beat in a 17-game season. Probably will happen, but it's not a guarantee. It's not like it's going to happen this year. Now, Lamar Jackson could, though. Could. Yeah, it could. But Lamar Jackson's kind of in another category onto himself because that 2019 season, when he rushed for 1,200 yards, he averaged oh, 6.9 a carry. He he passed for 36 touchdowns, completed 66% of his passes. So you look at like the, the touchdown total combined, 36 touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns. That's good. That's okay. But the fact that you passed for north of you passed for north of 3,000 yards, 
you had 36 touchdowns, and then you throw the 1,200 rushing yards on top of that. Now, the question is, do we see any seasons like that, where you see a quarterback lead the league in touchdown passes and then add on another 11 or 1,200 rushing yards? That's, I mean, we may start calling that the Lamar Jackson, if anybody does that, since Lamar was the first to do it. And that's why, like, for a single season, is Lamar, is that the greatest quarterback season? No. But Lamar, what he did by different different standards, obviously, but he's legitimately in the conversation. And I think we're going to see another some quarterbacks approach that type of season here as the style of quarterback play continues to evolve. That's really interesting. I actually don't think we'll ever see another season like Lamar Jackson. Really? Yeah. I don't think... I just, I mean, maybe years from now when there's a whole new generation of NFL coaches, although it feels like they never change. Um, I don't think anyone wants wants to run their quarterback that much. And Lamar has this, like, gumbiness about him where he doesn't really get hurt on those hits um, because it's so hard to square him up. Yeah. They don't want to do it late in their career, but we could see it early in their career. Because some quarterbacks... 1,200 te- yards? Yeah. But some quarterbacks, you're, you're relying on the run while you teach them how to be pocket quarterbacks. Like I, That's fair. Like, if the Broncos are in the quarterback market in the draft next year, a guy that we're probably going to be talking about among the possibilities is Malik Willis out of Liberty. And Willis last year ran for, near, in a, ran for nearly 1,000 yards, averaged 6.7 yards a carry, and then also had tw- had, had 20 touchdowns and threw for over 2,200 yards. So that's like that's a type of guy, but he would have to do it early. You're, you're doing, because early in your career, you're saying, all right, lean on your legs right now, but you're going to have to learn how to be a pocket passer. Lamar Jackson, he's learning how to win games from the pocket, and because what he does now, what he did in 2019, that's not sustainable. That's why if it happened again, it would happen for a quarterback in his first four years, probably. I can see that. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, guys, maybe some news coming out today mm-hmm. from Akeev Tlaib on his podcast, Catching Fades. He had Kareem Jackson on, and let's just listen to this conversation. Oh, no. Okay. Well, <laughs> here's, uh, here's a little tease about it. Here's the teaser. Deshaun Watson says he wants to be a Denver Bronco, according huh. to Kareem Jackson. Wow. Oh, my. I think Deshaun Watson would take any opportunity to play football yeah, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm sure he would. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whether that's a Denver Bronco in 2021 or 2022 maybe, um, if if this is something he wants, it's interesting just with how it plays out. And if he's still pursuing the Broncos, because we know that he was interested uh, a couple months ago. Wow. What an interesting thing to come out right now. Like, Isn't it? What do we do with that? Yeah. I don't really know if there's anything we can do with it, no, but no. but it is interesting. It's I mean, if somehow he ends up getting cleared and all that and he gets this figured out and you feel comfortable with it, like right. you obviously want Deshaun Watson the quarterback. It's a lot of ifs. The, I mean, it's a lot yeah, of ifs. I mean, there's, there's no question. Like you said, the Deshaun Watson the quarterback, if this right. if he didn't have everything hanging over him right now. All all the lawsuits, all, all, all the allegations. Absolutely, you'd say go get him. Personally, I think that you just you have to wait. And, you have you to wait. Certainly, this, have this, to is, wait. this isn't this isn't decades ago. This isn't even 2010 when Ben Roethlisberger could serve a suspension for his off field issues and then come back. We're in the heart of Me Too right now. 
at this moment in time, I don't think you can take Deshaun Watson on until everything is cleared up. Let's hear the clip from uh, from Akeem's podcast, though. I honestly think y'all going to have Deshaun soon. Yeah, I got a, I got a great relationship with Deshaun. I've been talking to him the last couple of weeks, man, and and like all he's been all he's been telling me is like, look, Jack, just tell him like, Come that's why I want to be. Like he like that's why I want to be. I'm like, man, he see the setup, the line straight. He see the setup. He he like, man, listen, that's why I, he like I want to be in Denver. I want. He's like in in. Like during the time while I was going through, you know, my little free agency thing, and, and then I end up signing back here. Before I signed, he called. He was like, "Man, are you gonna sign?" I was like, "I don't know. I ain't sure yet." He was like, "Well, you know, let me know what you're gonna do, whatever, whatever." And I signed back. He was like, "Listen, man, tell him that I I want to be in Denver." So I'm like, "Hey, man." Hey, y'all hear it, man? You know what Sean would be? Y'all hear it? Y'all- God, I love Akeem so much. <laughs> I hope they have him calling one of the Broncos games this year. Oh, my god. We deserve it. We do deserve it. I miss him. He's just the best. He's so fun. (laughs) We need to get one of the most naturally funny people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Let's get a keep on uh, Three Ring Circus. Oh, my goodness. That'll be a blast. (laughs) We have to. We have to try. And speaking of Three Rings, guys, special edition live tomorrow. And this is going to be an absolute hoot. It's locked in, guys. Our friend, Shelby Harris, will be joining us tomorrow on Three Rings along with Brandon Kristall. Guys, this is going to be off the chains. It's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be really, really fun. So keep an eye out for that tomorrow, 1 o'clock? Yes. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock. 30 to 1. All right, sweet. Uh, Carve out some time in your schedule uh, to watch us live tomorrow with Shelby Harris in studio. Uh, So that's uh, going to be one hell of a time. All right, Let's quickly circle back to this uh, Deshaun Watson thing for a second before we get out of here. Um, why do you think he's saying that? Because I, I have an answer. Why he's saying Denver? Why is he saying that to Kareem? I don't know. You tell because me. Because he knows Denver is very, very desperate for a quarterback. Mm. And he's thinking, okay, if there's any team that is ready to throw caution to the wind... Because they are desperate at the position, it's Denver. That's fair. I mean, based on the early returns that we've seen, how Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, they're they they are incomplete pieces at quarterback. They're both missing something, and it's even more evident, I think, just from the practices that we've seen. You can see that desperation maybe ramping up a notch. After the last couple of weeks. And even then, I don't think they're that desperate. No, 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 no. Because, guys, there's a chance that if you trade for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. well, first, if you trade for Deshaun Watson with all, when all this is open, this is a terrible look for your organization, as mm-hmm. it should be, because this yeah. is under investigation. There should be no conversation with the Texans now. And from everything I'm told, there is no conversation, right. and there won't be conversation. But then even once this settles, if it does settle – it's still not just one accuser that was against him. There were over 20 women accusing him. Now, if it gets settled, you, some people will say, okay, look, it's settled, then we can move past it and move on, go get a, an incredible quarterback. But there's also going to be some people in the community, probably in the organization, in every organization in the NFL, that say, no, 
20 against one, I can't, I can't be about that at all, even if he did settle and stuff. It, it, I could see that, and I could see even if everything is settled, that they say, all right, it's well and good, but let's let someone else deal with this. Let it, let, let it be somebody else's problem. Yep. But and, and, the, and also, you wonder, the, the other reason why Deshaun Watson may bring that out, it's you know the desperate situation, but also, does he look at that and say, man, I don't want... I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers go there and get the rings that I believe I could get if I were there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, someone will, as long as he gets this sorted out. And honestly, even if he doesn't, um, someone in the NFL will take a chance on him. Yep. But a lot of teams are going to be looking around saying, you going to do it? (laughs) Right. You going to do it? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And and honestly, finally, someone will flinch and, and he'll play again. And the PR department's saying, Please don't let it be us. Yes. Please yeah. don't let it be us. They're crossing their fingers. But, um, all right, I think that wraps it up for us on the live side of things. This was a fun discussion. Uh, and, uh, you know, the thing I want to finish with is just congratulations to Nicole Jokic. Oh, um, I I say this with confidence. Over this season and in his career, he's become my favorite Denver athlete of all time. Wow. wow. Of, all of all time. How about that? And, you and he know didn't what? go to see you. He did not. No, yeah. he didn't. If we ever get an MVP from CU, I think they'll have that. Uh, they'll have that position locked up. But it's the combination of his love for the city. How many different times now has he said that he wants to follow in Tim Duncan's footsteps and play every game of his career in Denver? Um, it's his total self awareness and accepting of who he is and. There's absolutely no ability or no attempt on his part to be someone that he's not. I love the dry sense of humor that he has as well. And he bring, and he does that in the press conferences as well. It's just yep. his normal interactions. It's That's who he is. How unique he is as an athlete. Um, it's how much people outside this city don't appreciate him, which makes me want to appreciate him even more. Maybe, they, maybe, even 91, <laughs> maybe 91 votes out of 101. Uh, is evidence that there is some appreciation. There is, but I'm not. I'm talking about just fan, just casuals. Okay, they don't appreciate. Who cares me. about casuals? Me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and finally, it's just how how special he is on the court. But I just feel like he is the perfect Denver athlete, uh, and and he's taking that top spot for me. Wow. That's incredible. And he's got a he's got a big game tonight, and it's going to be a blast down here at the bar. Are it you putting him on the Denver Mount Rushmore yet? Uh, that's a topic for another. That's day. another podcast. <laughs> yeah. We could get into that as well because the other guys on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, we they, just they, talked they, about. They have championships. They got the rings. They have championships. The rings right. matter on and that's that. That's why one. I said it's a conversation yeah. for another day. But for now, uh, we're gonna go hit up a Broncos press conference here. So uh, thanks you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Make sure you tune in. Going to be a great one. All right, guys. Before we move on, I want to tell you about our friends over at Manscaped. Yes, this is a PSA. A pubic service announcement. The Manscaped 4.0 has officially hit the market. It's a waterproof trimmer. And what makes it different than all the other trimmers, Zach? We're talking 7,000 RPMs. And everyone knows exactly what that means. Kind of. Not really. Rips per minute? I mean, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) There's actually no rips. It's a nice, smooth glide. um, And they've got the skin-safe technology to keep your balls in check. And it has helped reduce manscaping accidents all around the world. If you want to get the complete package, the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit to keep your family jewels protected. One, you got the Crop Exfoliator. 
infused with ingredients that can soothe skin and keep the skin in and around your groin feeling refreshed and reducing the risk of ingrown hairs by your delicates. They've also got the crop gel. You can see where you're shaving with the unique clear shaving gel that's made just for that area. And finally, you've also got the crop shaver, a new product that was designed for shaving that area with confidence. Get all of these for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. It's the perfect package for you. So make sure you use that code and get in on it. I mean, you're talking about getting a better shaver. I'm talking about getting a better insurance with our friends over at Gabby. That's literally what Gabby stands for. Get a better insurance. G-A-B-I. That's where you can check them out. G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. And what Gabby does is they compile over the top 40 insurance companies and get you the best price. And all it takes is five or 10 minutes out of your day. You will be done doing it by the time we are done with this pod. So head to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. Enter quick information off the top of your head and they will get you the best rates from over 40 of the best insurance companies like Progressive Nationwide Travelers. It's free. They never sell your information, so there's literally no downside. And people at DNVR save hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Eric Weedham, you guys know him as Dean Lineco. He makes all of our awesome merchandise. He saved $1,300, over $100 a month, just by going on to Gabby.com slash DNVR. So make sure to check him out over at Gabby.com slash DNVR. And you'll take solace in knowing that we have a new partner, Solace Meds. Uh, they've got four convenient locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge. Is Wheat Ridge a tongue twister for you in the way that it is for me? Wheat Ridge? Wheat Ridge, Wheat Ridge, Wheat Ridge. <laughs> uh, one off of Broadway and just one just one block away from DNVR or a few blocks away from DNVR on East Colfax. Down here, Solace Meds. They've got some banging deals this month. Here's what you can look forward to. 15% off all gold shelf concentrates, 20% off all Wana tinctures and tarts. 20% off all Mountain Select rosin and cartridges, and so, so much more. And when you head into their Wheat Ridge location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code as well. The code is DNVR20. It's going to give you 20% off. And again, in Wheat Ridge, you can get a 20% off and a free Solace Bar or King Cone. Remember, all these amazing deals you can take advantage of on top of what they already have. So check them out. Solace Meds uh, on the website, solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the comment section and talk to the people. First one coming in from DTL. Hey, guys, I know y'all have been to only three practices, but have you seen any scramble drills yet, or do you know when you will? After rewatching last year's game, this was clearly a weak point in our offense, and we got rid of the only receiver that tried. Basically, all I'm saying is I don't want to see that kind of laziness for another year. Deshaun Hamilton? <laughs> that's who I'm thinking. I mean, that's the only receiver they've gotten rid of, right? Yeah. I guess he, I don't. I Deshaun don't know. good on scramble drills? They don't actually do a drill called the scramble no, drill. No, they, they don't really <laughs> practice it. No. Um, but, I mean, it just gets naturally practiced when you go 11 on 11. Right, exactly. So, yes, they, yeah, there's not a drill, but they are starting to get that work in. Yep. Uh, from orange and blue all over, gents, how much. How much would what you would be willing to trade for Rodgers change between a mid-training camp this year and after the season? So we're talking either before this season and after this season? Yep. Oh, God, it drops off dramatically for me. Really? How much? So we know we're pretty much willing to give up whatever right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm probably 
cutting my offer in half. So instead of three firsts, a couple seconds in Bradley Chubb or Cortland Sutton, you're going no player? One first, two seconds, and a player. Okay. Okay, so you're taking two. I'm taking uh, the seconds off and one first. So I'm still doing two firsts in a, in a big-time player. I mean, if that's what they if that's what they demand, like, right. you're not going to say no, but... But it is this fair. Year you're, you're cutting a whole year off. I mean, this year is really important in the structure of an Aaron Rodgers trade. Yeah. Because you can sell yourself on four more years. Yeah. You, it's really tough to do that after this year. Yeah. And as we saw with Peyton, it's not like you need some breaks. It's not just going to be snap your fingers, right. go win a Super Bowl. Right. Like you got to gel. It takes time to win a Super Bowl. Um, it's very rare to see a, t- a player show up win a Super Bowl with a new team in his first season. Yeah, unless Tom Brady, but uh, you probably shouldn't follow that path or try to follow that path, Ryan. Right. Th- this season is really big. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he says, if the change is small, why wouldn't the Packers make Rodgers sit out a year, get $30 million back, establish a president, know exactly what picks they would get from the team, the picks to be acquired, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he goes on a lot here. He says, they should have traded him before the draft, but now I don't really see a huge upside for the pack to trade him now versus after the season. I couldn't disagree more. For the Packers? Yeah. Really? I mean, you got to get... You should get a quarterback in this deal. Um, you should get a star player in this deal. Yep. And if you get those two things, you at least have a chance this season. Right. Yeah, that that that's fair. Um, but you don't know what draft picks you're getting, Ryan. And that's an advantage of waiting until after the season because if you get Aaron Rodgers, you know you're going to be having a very bad draft pick next year. But your value goes down. I mean, we're, right now we're talking about a 37-year-old quarterback. Mm-hmm. That sounds so much better than a 38-year-old quarterback. Yeah, it does. It does. And it buys and you an extra year. one who sat out a whole year, now there's doubts about his, how fresh he is. How's he going to come back? It's. I get where you're coming from, uh, orange and blue all over, in terms of the... Knowing the draft picks, that's very valuable. I think you're cutting off a significant chunk of value. Fair. And, Ryan, speaking of one of these older guys that switches teams, as of right now, the Broncos have elected Peyton Manning into their ring of fame. Ah, yes. We thought we were going to talk about this today, but it hadn't become official. So maybe we'll talk about this a little more next week. Uh, but we got plenty of Peyton talking today. We said he had the best season of anybody in Denver history. Yes, so, yes. Uh, very fitting. And, um, I mean, no no one more deserving. Now let's get that stupid footnote figured out <laughs> under Frank Trapuca. Take it off, honestly, or give him his own sign. Yeah, seriously. And, you know, on Peyton's uh, Wikipedia page, it says the Broncos have number 18 retired. And I imagine Wikipedia thinks that's because of him. Uh, little do they know it's a footnote. Man, they should have that. Lit- they should have that as a footnote on their page. Who thought of this? Just put a whole other one next to it. No <laughs> one's going to object. Like, oh, he only played four years here. He doesn't deserve to have his number retired. The number's right. already retired. Right. So just give him his own banner. He's our guy. We're claiming him. Put his name on a full-sized retired number banner. Just next to him. Yeah, just yes. next to Trapuca. Exactly. You can say 18 twice. There's no <laughs> rules on this stuff. No, there's certainly not. So congratulations to Peyton. Ryan, it was a no-brainer. This was the first year he was eligible. Easy. Yeah, I would have been fine with them skirting the rules on that as well. Yep, just like they did with John. Yeah, just put <laughs> yeah. him right in. What yep. are we waiting for? Yep.
Next one coming in from Count Locula. He says, haiku season continues. Shout out to Virginia Beach Bronco for continuing that yesterday. OJ Mudia, a five-syllable defensive back, D-back, drafted in round three. Love the count. Good stuff. From Mark Max. ID Snatch. <laughs> hey, guys, has Jacksonville had the one guy in 30 years that you'd love on your team but couldn't tolerate? Um... Jacksonville? Aren't they like the lovable losers so far? Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know. In God. Oh, Jalen Ramsey? Oh, bing, ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Yep, that's perfect. He's perfect. Great one. I mean, that's why he left because he wasn't, didn't want to be a lovable loser. Yep. He wanted exactly. to be a hateable winner. Yes. And that's what he is. <laughs> he is. Although he hasn't really won anything yet. That's true. No, Moved, Ram- He switched his Ram- number to five. It. Yeah. Which is interesting. Not a great corner number. Like, I'm not against yeah. the single-digit numbers, but you don't even see that in college, really, it's is like corners a, wearing five. It's a Joe Flacco number. Or Come Teddy on. Bridgewater. Well, <laughs> Teddy wears it better. If you got two gloves, you wear it better, right? I think the two gloves looked dumb. <laughs> um, from Melbourne Bronco. Hey, guys, I just finished uh, work on a miserable, wet, cold, and windy day down here in Melbourne. Awaiting Game 1 of Rugby League's Showpiece State of Origin series, YouTube, best of state of origin. It is a brutal physical game. I listen to all the ad reads you guys do, and I wish I could sample all the Breck Brews and Hassle Cattle and Illegal Pete's, but no no joy down here. Maybe Breck Brew could branch out and start a global domination of beer and send some beers worldwide. Melbourne first, of course. I was looking through the merchandise, mainly T-shirts, and I'm saddened that they don't stock big men's sizes. Maybe a Quinn Miners belly shirt in big sizes would be an idea anyways. Cheerio. And go Broncos. Or don't you do the Quinn Minard's belly shirt in only, like, kid sizes so that everyone that wears it shows their belly the to belly. be Quinn Miners? Yes, everything is a size down. <laughs> Great idea there at Melbourne Bronco. Yeah, well, I think we might do it. <laughs> Maybe the belly's just cut out. Oh, that would be good. And then it loops around, like, on the belt loop or, yeah. like, a belt. Ah, man, that is fantastic. <laughs> Ohio Bronco Alex, he says, homies, we as Broncos country understand that you guys see the quarterbacks working at practice each and every day. You are reporting what you see. There is there is now bias there, and I, or no bias there, and I firmly believe as if you're the best-case best, best case scenario for the Broncos is if Drew works out and our starter is our starter over Teddy. We support your hard work. Well, thank you. Please don't think we are being hard on you when we keep pushing for Drew. Over the years, we have seen what happens when the Broncos bring in veteran quarterbacks like Teddy and Stardom. It has worked out terribly, and I think that is where the disconnect come from as fans. If we're going to lose, let's lose trying something different than bringing in the average veteran quarterback. I hope you guys understand where we are coming from. No question today's boys. Keep up the great work. P.S. Mason, Zach, hook me up and let RK know how to pronounce my name. Ha ha ha. All love RK. Okay, Ryan. Ohio Bronco Alex. What does that stand for? What does that mean? Last name? I don't know. Alex? No, I don't I don't know. Okay. I think I think he explained it and I forgot. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um sorry. Ohio well, Bronco. All love Alex. to you. Yeah, it's there like you Alex go. Alex with an E? Exactly. Yeah. Alex. Alex. Yeah. Okay. Very right. good. From LDJ, it's a long one. Um Aaron Rodgers situation sucks because for players on a team decides to part ways with you they get a weekly or monthly cycle but when you want to leave it's tied to your legacy a year or two from now if the Packers have Jordan Love balling no one will care that they lost Aaron Rodgers but every time that every time that Rodgers every season that Rodgers doesn't win a ring he'll be scrutinized Zach I disagreed with nearly every assessment of what you said yesterday just across the board (laughs) everything you said he disagreed with Uh, I feel everything is super clear and it is not cryptic 
It's in the Wedding Crashers reference. It's over. He wants to peacefully part ways. Give her some premium draft picks and some good players and a third rounder or two. No, but problem is nobody is talking about the Packers' mistake and how it's best for them to move on. Everything is mostly on Rodgers, and tied uh, to that is the disrespect of the Broncos. I swear if I hear another national pub- publication say, you're going to leave the Packers to go to the Broncos and win, the Packers give you the best chance to win. I'm going to smack someone that's not true at all, and it's maddening. So this is my opinion how it plays out based on all the tea leaves. One, you trade Aaron Rodgers now, get everything you can for him, and you make it hurt for the Broncos to acquire him. He's valuable to whoever wants him, and they should have to pay up. Two, they pay Aaron Rodgers his guaranteed money and whatever else and renegotiate his contract so he's a free agent. And if things are good, maybe Aaron stays. Who knows what could happen in a season, but not if he gets to go where he wants. Three, Packers either let him sit and try to trade him next season with more people at the table than the Raiders and the Broncos or let him retire. I'm saying this to say, dude... He started 13 years for you. At least 10 of those years, he was the best QB, not only in the league, but probably you've ever seen. He didn't win more championships. That's not on him. Let it be on him. Decide what he wants to do for his legacy. And media should stop muddying the narratives. Like, nobody can see that. Aaron Rodgers has had one top 10 defense in his tenure with the Packers. And Tom Brady has never won a ring without a top 10 defense. Never. SMH. <laughs> a lot there to unpack, LDJ. But I got to go for him Him coming after me first. Uh, you said you agree with everything I said yesterday about how Aaron Rodgers... No, disagree has, with everything you disagree, said. Disagree, <laughs> of course. Uh, about how Aaron Rodgers has not come out and said that he wants a trade. And just like you said... He's referenced it. He has not said it in Mm -hmm. LDJ. I personally think if he wants to be traded before training camp, that's what it's going to come down to. If he wants to be traded before training camp. So he either lets his words speak to get him traded before training camp or his actions speak by holding out of camp, holding out of preseason, holding out of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, his actions are certainly there. The words are not there. We know why. It's a big Yes. Yeah. Um, And I don't think he's ever going to give you what you want, Zach. Ryan, what what would you do if you're Aaron Rodgers? Would you come out and say something right now and alienate the fan base that has loved you for the past 15, 20 years, but you get your way by doing that and and you get it this right now, this summer? Or would you do it more by the actions and try to win the PR battle without necessarily winning the football battle? So I would come out scorched earth on Gutekunst. Okay, okay. And just throw him entirely under the bus, packaged in with me demanding a trade publicly. Yep, yep, yep. So really the 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 huge thing you're touching on is about how this isn't Packers. You you don't hate Green Bay. You don't hate the fans. You don't hate the audience. It's you hate the general like, manager, and he has drove you out. Yes, like right. I'm saying, like, I love Packers Nation. I have given everything I have to this city, yep. and I would love to remain here, but I've been deeply deeply disrespected by the general manager of this organization and I can't in good conscience continue to play for him and then boom either you're traded and and right away potentially because he wants to get you out of there or they say fine we're firing the GM and then Aaron gets his way I think that's brilliant do you want to uh is Aaron calling you right now his uh his agent (laughs) (laughs) hey Raj I got you bro (laughs) um yeah I mean you gotta He's got to do something a little more demonstrative, I think, if this is going to get microwaved. If not, yep. then I think it's going to happen like two weeks before the season. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with it. The season or training camp? Season. I agree. Broncos only says, oh, it 
Never mind, not meant to be right on the pod. He's from <laughs> Windy City Bronco. The theme, and it's it's not anything juicy. He was just correcting something yeah. he said yesterday. He says, Windy City Bronco says, the theme of 2020 was Locke proving if he could be the quarterback of the future. The theme for 2021 is Fangio proving if he can be the coach of the future. Ever since the Broncos signed Bridgewater, I've been trying to understand why. If Locke succeeds, we don't need Bridgewater. If Locke fails, then a few extra wins under Bridgewater could hurt our draft capital. The chances at Bridgewater is our long-term answer at quarterback seemed pretty low so why bring him in in 2020 the broncos went deep into the draft to pick up offensive talent to surround with drew lock we did everything we could to make sure that if he failed it wasn't because he lacked a supporting cast in 2021 the broncos are doing the same thing for fangio if he has one of the most talented secondaries in the nfl he has two elite edge rushers on the other side of the ball bridgewater stabilizes the offense with the existing talent, our offense should be league average at worst. Now, it's up to Fangio to prove that he can take that average offense and an elite defense to the playoffs. Zach, let me just ask you point blank. Do you think Vic Fangio is the coach to get the Broncos to the next level? What is the next level for this team? The playoffs, multiple years in a row. Oh, We haven't seen it, and he's never done it in the past. That's where I'm at. And so I kind of agree with the commenter in saying that this is a prove-it year for him, but it, it does it, like even if he makes the playoffs this year, I'm not proven yet. What I'm about, not feeling convinced yet. What about if his defense is the best in the league? That'll help a lot. Okay, so that more so... Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I want to see an elite defense that carries a team to the playoffs. Because isn't that what they hired him for? And, and if, he made right. it very clear. He's here to make the defense great. And... Yeah, and he, honestly, I don't even, I mean, I guess maybe I do want him involved with the offense. I don't, I don't trust who's in charge of the <laughs> offense either. I don't trust the quarterbacks. I don't trust Pat Shermer. Is it, I can't can, even trust Jerry Judy to catch the ball. Can you see a scenario, and realistically, I'm sure there's a scenario we can see, but realistically, can you see a scenario where Vic Fangio is still the head coach next year, but Pat Shermer is not here, and he's not hired by someone else like he's fired? You're saying basically it's up to Pat Shermer to have a good enough offense to keep Vic's job. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I find it hard to believe God, that I would Vic not would want be here that. Pat. I would not want that if I was Vic <laughs> Yes. You but better like, well, Pat's his guy, you though. You made your bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next one from Casper. Fellas, it was mentioned on yesterday's pod that there is a matter of time before an 18-game schedule is approved. Will we get a 20-game schedule? <laughs> 25? 30? To what end? How say you? I think it's going to be 17 for a long time. Okay. Mace said he thought by the end of this decade it would be moved up to 18. So nine years. Interesting. I think it'll be after this CBA, which runs a full decade. Do you think that record, like records being broken, do you think the league like really likes that? Yeah, I think I so. I think so too. And, I, and so with that in mind, I could see them going to 18 like, Come on, it's a nice round number. Everyone right. plays one overseas, blah, yep. blah, blah, all that stuff. And then they get like they get the records broken because like right. they would love it if Pat, Pat Mahomes broke all of Peyton's records. Yeah, absolutely they would. And then, I mean, they, they want superstars. Yeah. And uh, superstars break records. And then they can they can market them as that. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Good, good point. Next one from Bronco Oilers. 
A couple days ago, Mace made a really good point about the Broncos going after the wrong kind of bridge quarterback over the past few years, and I think he hit the nail on the head. A big piece of the formula is mistake-free offense, and we cycle through a series of mistake-prone, Simeon being the safest and unconditionally having nine-win season, or uncoincidentally having a nine-win season. I think Teddy's ceiling is a little underestimated. Even though he has limited throwing velocity, on a roster like this one, I could see him having a similar stretch to the one Alex Smith had in Kansas City until Mahomes took took over to me that is Teddy's ceiling provided the team stays healthy and that something is to be excited about in my opinion no way uh, <laughs> you don't think he's uh prime Alex Smith Alex Smith was an MVP he candidate multiple was. times he was a three-time pro bowler too yeah I dude, think people like, forget like we played him down he's a number one overall pick right right and we played him down because he was going up against Peyton Manning in the yeah. division so he was like Alex Smith, you're not concerned about Alex Smith, yeah. but was he a great quarterback for the Chiefs? He was. He was, and if he was, if he was uh, I don't know, it's such a tough division. I was going to say if he's in the division right now on another team in that, you know, you took that Alex Smith, he'd probably be the second best quarterback in the division, just like he was back then. Maybe not, I don't know. I mean, Herbert, obviously, to be seen. Derek Carr, yeah, I think he would. I think he'd be the second best quarterback in the division right now. Ryan, uh, I don't want to say this, but it's the truth. And uh, Alex Smith's worst season is Teddy Bridgewater's best season. Yeah, so there's and no. it, at least I'm talking about his time with Kansas City. 15 touchdowns and eight interceptions in 2016. The team went 11 and four. He threw for 3,500 yards. The best season he had, it's that last one 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. He had more seasons close to that than that worst one. Yeah. And what's Teddy's best? 16 to nine or something? 15, I think. Drew had more touchdowns last year than he's ever had. And I and, and, and I like Teddy for this team this year, but thinking long-term about a quarterback that hasn't had more than 15 touchdown passes in a season when you're going up against Justin Herbert, Derek Carr is the worst quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes, that's tough to sell me on for a long-term plan. You know what? I, I, I will... Uh... You know what L I will take right now? What's that? I've been wrong almost every year about the Broncos quarterback situation. Okay, okay. I thought Case Keenum was going to get it done. I thought Joe Flacco was going to have a decent season. I thought Drew Locke was ready to go last year. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Be wrong about Teddy. I think Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> cannot get you anywhere. Hope I'm wrong again. Yeah, that would be great. We're talking about Teddy. Uh, this is the first time Mahomes. I'm taking the under. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? On the quarterback. <laughs> so maybe, you know, maybe that flips the script. How does it feel to be te- taking the uh, not sexy pick? It feels weird. I don't know. I feel like I've been beludgeoned enough to just like, I don't have it in me anymore. Like I, My brain will not allow me to get to a place where I'm like, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater could get it done. Yeah, no chance of you taking under Jokic points tonight. No. <laughs> but, like, I, I just – I'm with the commenter earlier who's like, we've seen these veteran quarterbacks. We know what happens. Yeah. And to be honest, the, the last two were a lot more prolific than Teddy's ever been. Yeah, it's very true. So, can he steer the ship in the right direction? Maybe. But tell you what, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions isn't getting this team anywhere. Right. Nope, it, it certainly isn't. And Ryan, according to uh, someone out at Packers uh, mi- mandatory minicamp right now, Jordan Love is heating it up. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Actually, that's yeah. not even laughable. That's important. Yes, that's great. We want Jordan Love to look like Patty Mahomes out there. Yeah, exactly. Because then they can say, we don't need Aaron. And not only do we not need Aaron, 
We don't need a quarterback in return or, you know, a, a great quarterback. We'll take Teddy uh, to be the backup or something like that or Drew a developmental piece. And we want three first-round picks and either a great wide receiver or a great pass rusher. That's exactly what the Broncos have to offer. Love it. Uh, from the great Broncolio. Hey, guys, hope you're having a wonderful morning. My wife and I are about halfway driving to Denver from Iowa, and I can't wait to get there. Quick off-topic question for you guys. First of all, I hope you're coming to the bar uh, for yes. one of these next two nights. Yes. Both are going to be electric. One of the next three nights, if not four nights. Hopefully 20 nights. <laughs> yes. Um, quick off-topic question for you guys. What is your favorite Broncos uniform and favorite non-Broncos uniform? For me, it's I love Denver's color rush, the old-school logo, and the dark blue helmet. should be standard helmet. As for non-Broncos, I'm going to have to go with the Colts. Interesting. All white. They're just so crisp and clean. They're hard to beat. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Go Broncos and long live DNVR. If we're talking about all white, the Saints are pretty good. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, you know about them. Yeah, I want a Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, you did. The, yeah, those all white with the with like the shiny gold numbers yep. are really sexy. Um, I love black uniforms, though. You like the Raiders? No. Okay. Well, I mean... No. <laughs> With um, a smile on his face. Um, <laughs> I think they're the worst uniforms. The Ravens, all blacks, yeah. are real dirty. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think who else has... I mean, the Saints, all blacks are really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I even kind of like the Panthers, all blacks. Yeah. I mean, all, all, all black or all white is pretty cool. I know. I mean... Yeah, I was saying last night the Avs need an all-black alternate. Ooh, that would be good. That will satisfy yeah. me with, they took away the black shorts, yep. which was really painful for me. <laughs> if they give me an all-black alternate, I'll, I'll be satisfied. I mean, the Nuggets got the the black uni. The, the best, that's that's my favorite Nuggets uni yeah, ever. it is so good. Um, As for the Broncos, I don't know. It's got to be mean, old school, right? Yeah, the old school is better than this one. That's for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, old school D with uh, give me blue or blue bottoms, orange top. I don't like that one that has, like, the thick blue stripe on the arm. Oh, you're a stripe guy like Mace? No, I just, you know what I'm talking about? I know what about? you're talking about. That, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You see people who have, like, the Dennis Smith that looks jersey? Ju- that looks old. Like, yeah, not just, looks good old. It looks kind of clownish to yeah. me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's that last iteration. The Broncos desperately need a rebrand. Whatever mock-up people have done of Drew Locke, like, dropping back on that bootleg oh, yeah. that's been going on, that's yeah. the best one. Yep. I, I just... I think the Broncos are honestly waiting. I don't know why they didn't do this during the Peyton Manning era. I, I think they're waiting for their next come up. Like, mm. like similarly to the Nuggets when they went from the, the dark blues right. to the baby blues. It was like, Mellow's here. It's a new era. Right. Here's a new jersey. Right. I think that's what the Broncos will do. So we know that Joe Ellis isn't going to change the logo. He's not going to change the jerseys. Nothing until there's a new owner. He's not going to do really anything. <laughs> well, yeah, as we've seen. <laughs> do you think Joe or do you think Brittany Bolin would drastically change things? Or do you think she would say, I want to kind of stick with what my dad was doing? I mean, her dad is, this was, the current uniforms were all his idea. Yeah. So it's not exactly inspiring. I think, I think a, a new owner outside of the Bolins is where you're probably getting some drastic change. We can only hope. And final one, I think, coming in from Bronco and SF. He says, first, go Suns, three more. Ooh. Yeah, really. We, we found out okay. we've had some Suns fans. So Liz in San Francisco is yep. a Broncos fan and a Suns fan. I'm yep. just going <laughs> to. 
Uh, he explained it something. He lives in San Francisco. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Second, <laughs> how long of a leash do you give Drew? I'm all for competition, but at some point, Drew isn't getting better. You can't waste valuable time for Teddy to gel with the first team on a guy who you hope will develop, but just isn't. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and respect, expecting a different result. How do you feel about that line, Ryan? Drew Locke has had one season, so <laughs> it's not over and over again if you just allow a guy to uh, to develop. Also, that is not the definition of insanity. I actually think uh, he put this in there to clown you because we had someone uh, on Monday in the comment section say, uh, some people refer to insanity as doing the same thing over and over. And I said, it's a good thing you didn't say that's the definition because that would have drove Ryan crazy. It's true. And so I think he's trying to drive you crazy by also saying, you know, sons, they only have three more games, the definition of insanity. It's working. <laughs> he goes on and says, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I'm hearing, it sounds like Drew still can't process fast enough, isn't accurate enough, and just isn't consistent in realizing his upside. Maybe his feet are a little better, but come on, it's year three and coaching jobs are on the line. It's not really year three. So how many more excuses does he get? Oh, I'm not giving him any excuses. Okay, okay. Um, because I, I have a hard time. I, I don't know if he's going to win the job. Right. Like, there's a reason that this entire podcast I've been talking about, I don't think Teddy's getting you anywhere. I also <laughs> don't know if Drew's getting you anywhere. Right. Um, which is why we talk so much about Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and Justin Fields and everyone else this year. You know who else was doing that? Who? George Payton. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I truly don't think anyone in that building is confident in any of the quarterbacks. Um, and Drew, there's going to have to be like a massive revelation where he just one day wakes up and it clicks all, it all clicks for him and he goes out there and he takes the job that kind of stuff does happen yeah you know i'm not talking about some like fairy tale experience that's never happened before sometimes it just clicks for guys but right now it's not uh and i'm trusting your guys on observations from practice on that i'm trusting what i'm seeing on twitter i'm hoping to get out there next week but it doesn't sound like it's clicked for him yet. And we know that there are jobs on the line. And they're going to go with the guy who doesn't necessarily need something to click. Right. Even if it's not the, the thing that can get them to the highest of heights. Because like we said earlier, this is Vic Fangio coaching for his job this year. And he pretty much needs to make the playoffs. Or at least the only reason he doesn't make the playoffs is because the offense sucked. And they're going to take the chance of the safest bet, not they're not playing for the future anymore. And this is the problem with the lack of longevity of coaching staffs in the NFL and really just anywhere, uh, college football, NBA, whatever it is. The second that you aren't thinking about the future is the second that you're on a different page than the general, especially in Denver. George Payton is thinking about the future. He's got the six-year plan in his mind. Vic Fangio's just trying to have a job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. and that's that causes a lot of issues um and you need people in your organization that are thinking about the future and you honestly need people in your organization to be on the same page yeah and it's not happening so this is uh this is an interesting dynamic i think george payton will probably have a say in who becomes a starting quarterback but again drew Locke's got to show them that hey i am i am an investment in the future if you start me not just start me because I'm the young guy. That that I promise you they won't do, especially knowing what George Payton's relationship is with Teddy or to Teddy. Right. 
Right, and and I see where Bronco and SF is coming from a lot of this. And here's the thing, though, is I understand that this is just OTAs and we've only seen three practices. Um, Teddy has been the better quarterback. And the first one, you don't really put too much weight in it because it was the very first practice for both of them this year. The second one, Teddy was slightly better. This past one, Teddy was significantly better. So Teddy has the lead right now, but I also understand it's OTAs. I understand they just started doing 11 on 11. You're not going to make a quarterback call right now, but Bronco and SF, I agree. If it's clear a week, 10 days into training camp that Teddy is winning every day and he's overall the better quarterback and you're not seeing Drew make the, make the leaps. End it. Yeah, end it. Don't wait until three preseason games just to say you saw three preseason games. Don't do that. Do one preseason game. And if you know before that, just don't even do that preseason game. When you know, don't just drag this on. So I totally agree with you on that. It, 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 there's no no point because you're hurting yourself this season if you don't let the starting quarterback get those valuable reps. Speaking of Peyton Manning, how valuable he thought every single rep was. You didn't give Brock Osweiler a single (laughs) first-team rep until that last year when he was taking Tuesdays off or whatever it was. Yep, exactly. So I agree with you, but it's just it's too early to call it now. It is too way too early. I will say this as well. The chemistry that Teddy Bridgewater is building with Jerry Judy, that's like worth double. Yeah. Especially because Cortland's not out there, right? Right. Yep, he's not doing, uh, like, teamwork. So, the number one receiver, who also was our first-round draft pick last year and struggled with the other guy, his opinion is going to be worth a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you see Teddy really likes Jerry right now. And, and Jerry, Jerry likes really Teddy. likes Teddy. That's Big problems for Drew Locke. Yeah, and because, like you said, Cortland is probably Drew's guy. You know, that that's his favorite target out there because he can throw the, the deep 50-50 ball that he likes to throw, and Cortland can really take advantage of that. You may not have Cortland out there when this quarterback competition is being decided. Which is crazy because, we, you know, we've always believed in Drew's talent, and we might look back one day and say, wow, that Cortland-Sutton injury could have really been a big role in why Drew Locke never panned out in the NFL. Yeah. Wouldn't that, I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if uh, Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke are traded to Green Bay and then Jordan Love doesn't do well, Drew Locke comes in and just lights it up with Cortland? Cortland, wow. Cortland <laughs> in a Packers jersey looks real weird in my head. Yeah, it does to me as well. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't think George Payton's going to let that happen. I, I, I truly think George Payton's favorite player on the Broncos is Cortland Sutton. Really? Yes. I think he loves him. Not Pat Sertan? Oh, well, maybe. Maybe <laughs> Pat. Those two. <laughs> why does? He, why do you think he loves him so much? Um, Like, why? Uh, what have what, I seen? What is it specific? I mean, I know, like... He's just always talking about him. Always bringing up things about Court and Sutton. When asked, he, he's glowing. When not asked, he's bringing him up. And I think he loves... I mean, we saw last year with, uh, with uh, Justin Jefferson... Just how much he and his son fell in love with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. And I think he was probably the one pounding the table for Justin Jefferson. Nice. Well, if you want to be glowing, <laughs> you got to go over to our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. They will make you glow when you talk about Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke even. Uh, they'll have you glowing. Uh, they're the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. And just about all of the DNVR family down here has become uh, has made them 
their family dentistry. So make sure you check them, check them out. And when you go over there, you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam. They're going to hook you up with a free Sonic, Sonicare toothbrush so you can glow all year round. But for today, that's going to wrap it up for Zach and I and, of course, Mace a little earlier. Uh, we will catch you tomorrow on a very, very special edition of Three Racing.